0: Both uh, Helen and I have noticed that we're becoming a little bit more forgetful than we once were. So we decided a few weeks ago that we were going to write more things down. So in our house we've got sort of post-it notes all over the place. But one evening I, I asked Helen if she'd like something to eat. This was before our kitchen was demolished but it's going to be lovely when it's finished. Yes please, she said, I'll have some ice cream. This was in the summer. Sure, I said, anything else? Well, if you're asking... I'll have some cream and a chocolate flake in it. Sure, I said, fine. So I made my way to the kitchen. She said, aren't you going to write it down? I said, for goodness sake, don't be so silly. I can remember a simple thing like that. She said I was gone for some time, but when I came back, I sat down in front of her, a plate of eggs, bacon, tomato, and a glass of orange juice. And she took a long look at it and then turned to me and said, I knew you should have written it down. You've forgotten the toast. (laughs) Think about it. It's a silly story, but there's nothing silly about remembering and about being unable to remember. Two of the most powerful, transformative human actions of them all, and we reflect a little on those this Remembrance Sunday. First, I guess, we're asked to remember the past, and so today we rightly remember all those human lives caught up and laid down through wars of various kinds in various places at various times. Some, some decades ago, some as we've just sung going on right now in the world today. For some of us, remembrance of the past is deeply personal. We can recall friends. We did live through those years. There were faces and people we knew, events, sometimes horrific events, events that come unbidden or bidden into our recollections. Some can recall relatives, those who went away to war and never came back, and life was never quite the same again. Some today will be gathering in this part of London, to remember spouses and children and parents who are alive and currently away in war zones and serving in various ways, and they will be praying for their safety. For others of us, the right remembrance of a day like this is still powerful, but it's less personal. We try and get our heads around figures like 60 million dead in World War II and we struggle if we're honest in the same way that we struggle when we try to imagine that there are 100 billion stars in our Milky Way it just blows our mind but even if we have no personal recollections of war we do recognize the brutality of human beings to one another We do see what's going on in the world today and we resolve to be, as far as it lies with us, people of peace. And our remembering is therefore a deep commitment to spurn the ways of war and violence and to take seriously that hard, astonishing command of Jesus Christ when he told his disciples to love one another and said that there was no greater sacrifice than that we lay down our lives for our friends. Which is of course exactly what he himself did on a cross which for Christians is understood and known to be the greatest act of love, life laid down, that the world has ever seen. But even for those of us who can't remember, in practical terms, a time of war, and I'm 62 and a bit and I can't, praise God for that, then uh, we can still have other profound recollections. I remember when I worked at Cliff College, sat in a room where someone led the devotions And it was at the time that the Titanic film, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet and all that, was riding high uh, in the cinemas. Uh, And he showed a clip from Titanic, and I suddenly became aware that a fellow tutor on this course sat next to me was totally and utterly subsiding into tears. And I turned round at the end of the devotions because he was still absolutely beside himself. I said, Roger, what is wrong? And he told me this story of how his grandfather played a trumpet in a band. And he was delighted when he went home and told his wife that he'd been approached that day by the White Star Company and an agent to board a ship on a six-month contract to play every night on a ship called the Titanic. And he was delighted because that would bring funds and wages into the house for half the year, even though it meant that he was away from home. Three days before the Titanic took its maiden and tragic voyage, Roger's grandfather got scarlet fever and didn't make the trip. So said Roger, every time someone mentions the Titanic, I suddenly realized that if that hadn't happened, I would have never been. Now that's an interesting piece of remembrance for many of us who can't quite remember. Remember the past and secondly we can remember loved ones because although this is remembrance sunday it's set in a period of the christian year that we call all saints tide it's a season that began on november the 1st on all saints day when we remembered all the great saints who from their labors rest And then the day after, on All Souls Day, we remember those folk who have been instrumental in our own lives, particularly in the realm of shaping us, our faith, our hope, our character, our virtues. So it's entirely right at this time of the year to remember loved ones. One of the things that's really moved me about belonging to this congregation for the last two and a bit years uh, has been that marking of the anniversaries of loved ones on the occasion of their death, one year after, five years after, and so on. It's a cultural custom that clearly means a lot to many members of our congregation. Remembering to remember loved ones is a good thing. I myself can bring to mind and remember many loved ones today, and I'm sure you can. I think particularly today of my late father-in-law, Helen's dad, Bruce. A vigorous, active gentleman, played for Harrogate Town in his young life. With a superb singing voice, so that when he boomed something out, everybody stopped singing for about 20 feet round him and where the noise was coming from. He'd have loved to have been in our choir. But tragically, for many years before his death, he couldn't remember all sorts of things. He had Alzheimer's, that awful disease that strips people of their ability to remember, meaning that they forget things they would long and love to remember. Even eventually forgetting those who they love most and those who love them most with the distress that that causes to everyone. If ever we needed to be reminded of the significance of remembering, we have only to witness the slow decline of someone with this neurological disorder and related forms of dementia. You see, remembering is part of what it is to be us. Our memory is our coherence. It's our meaning. That's why the very word remember, re-member, means to put the pieces back together again in some way or shape or form, that they make sense. They make a recognized picture so you say, yes, I see that. I understand it. The reading from Colossians offers this magnificent image of Christ as the source of all meaning and coherence. He is, says the writer, the recognizable picture of the invisible God. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In other words. When we forget what God is like we look at Christ and we're reminded we remember we see and we remember astonishingly that God was pleased two pleases in that passage actually to reconcile to himself all things making peace through his blood on the cross. You see Jesus Christ is the quintessential rememberer, bringing together. Psychologists tell us that our remembrances are of two main kinds. There's what's called semantic memory, which is our memory of facts or complex actions like knitting, or riding a bike, or driving a car, or playing an organ. It's things that you learn to do and may take many years to do, but then somehow you know how to do it. I've not been on a bike for many years, but I know now that if you sat me on one, as long as it was the right size and I didn't have to put too much weight on my ankle, I could ride it. It's semantic memory. But then there's autobiographical memory where we're able to reconstruct happenings from our own lives in considerable sensory detail. And when we remember such occasions, it's like we can almost relive it. We're back there with the sights and the sounds and the smells of our remembrances. How wonderful our brains are that they're capable of that kind of remembering. Our memories, you see, they're not like DVDs slotted into the machine and played when we want to recall that past. Nor can memories be taken out of one person's head and placed in another like Dumbledore's wand in the Harry Potter films. Because These memories are ours, and they make us what and who we are. So today, we remember loved ones living and departed, and we give thanks for them. Remember the past, remember loved ones, and thirdly, remember what God has done for us. Why? Well, because so many of us actually have a condition called spiritual amnesia. We forget. We forget so quickly. Remember the people of Israel wandering in the desert. They're rescued from slavery and they forget. They're led through the Red Sea and they forget. They're rescued from those who seek to destroy them and they forget. They're led towards then into a promised land and they forget. They're provided with food of manna and quails and they forget. They're declared to be God's people and given a law, a contract of belonging between the Lord God and they forget. And before you know it, this people are erecting idols and worshiping them. What has God ever done for us? They say. Do you remember those of us who are old enough that Monty Python sketch? What have the Romans ever done for us? If you don't, it will. Don't try and inhabit this. But for those of you who do, there's this Python group. There they all are. Cleese and. Gilliam and, uh, and the like, sat round as militant Jews at the time of Jesus, bewailing the occupation of the Romans that have kept us down. What have the Romans ever done for us? Implying absolutely nothing. And throughout the sketch, one by one, people sort of say, well, well, well they've done this and they've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you finish up with the scene concluding with John Cleese the chief agitator saying exasperatedly, Yes, 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 well, apart from sanitation and medicine and education and wine and public order and roads and fresh water systems and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? Are we like that with God? How often God brings us through a trial and answers a prayer, blesses us and protects us, and then a couple of days later, it's all forgotten. What has God ever done for us? Well, known as before we were born, loved us with an everlasting love, given himself in Jesus for us on a cross, raised to heaven where he prays, us, will return one day so that we might be where he is forever, sends the Holy Spirit to be our courage and our guide and our comforter and our helper. That's what God has done for us. So don't forget to remember because as Remembrance Sunday reminds us, without reminders we tend to forget even the most significant things. We're often told, of all our faculties, hearing is the most durable. That's why when people are in comas, loved ones are often encouraged to speak and read and tell stories. And some of the people who recover from comatose state say, I I know nothing, but I do remember that voice. That's why people nearing the end of their lives, what else is there to do but hold their hands and speak peaceably to them? The voice is important. Before I conclude today, I want to remind you of a fourth thing. Remember the past, remember loved ones, remember what God has done for you, and I want to remind you that God remembers you. Those you hold dear in your memories, God remembers. Those we see no longer, God remembers. When my father-in-law finally died several years ago, a Methodist minister whose own mother had died from the same form of dementia wrote to us, We may forget God, she said, but God never forgets us. We may come to forget who we are, she wrote, God doesn't forget. We may no longer know God, but God always knows us. We may even come to fail to recognize our loved ones, but God never fails to love and know us. We may no longer be able to speak, but God speaks gently to us. What does God say? Peace, no more suffering, come, be with me forever, says the voice, the most important voice the voice of eternal hope and love, the voice which at the end of everything is the most important voice of all. For at the end of all our remembering and our forgetting is the hope of heaven offered by the one who holds all things together, the great rememberer who will hold us as he holds all of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.